Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also Apple Podcasts, and we're on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel as we speak. Royal Shepherd is hosting with Ariel and Gad and everybody else and Brian over there. And also we do pregame shows before floor that I host. So catch those before every game and five reasons That's where you catch the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others. Also the Florida Panthers are seven and oh, so Alex Baumgartner will have a piece about them. That's up tonight too. also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We keep telling you to go to prize picks. This is the official daily fantasy partner of the five reasons sports network. You got to use that code five F I V E. You can play up down on every player that you can possibly think of there. They put them all on the board, NBA, MLB, of course, for the world series, NHL and more. And of course, going into the NFL weekend, you can play up down on that. It's the only way to make a dolphin game. Interesting these days. So go all in with the power play, go halfway in with the flex play deposit 20 bucks. You'll get 20 more bucks to play with and just see what you can do on there. So the code is five F I V E. I can promise you once you start playing it, it'll become a nightly ritual for you. And you can, as some of our people, the network have make a lot of money on there. So go to prizepicks.com, use the code five. And yes, it is legal in Florida. Okay. And a lot of people have asked, but you can deposit in Florida. Otherwise they wouldn't be advertising with us. And now tonight's episode. Down Yikes. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor after the Miami Heat go into Brooklyn and go to 3-1 and one on the season by beating the Brooklyn Nets. The final score, 106 to 93 terrific first quarter for Miami. They go up seven. They fall down by two at the half and actually were down as much as eight to start the third quarter. Then they go on a 14, nothing run and close the game strong. I mean, they really held Brooklyn down, gave them just 19 points in the fourth quarter before Steve Nash called off the dogs at the end The floor plan tonight. I've got Brady Hawk along with Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305 and Alex Toledo at tropical blanket. Greg will be back tomorrow for floors yours just to go through some of the numbers here Kevin Durant 25 and 11 um, but 9 of 18 from the floor but he didn't dominate the game he was a minus 14 uh, Joe Harris with 15 points but was a minus 22 on the game James Harden 4 of 12 only three free throw attempts as he was flailing about 14 7 and 7 on the game but for the heat led by Bam Adebayo with 24 plus nine rebounds. Jimmy Butler, 17 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, four steals, and a block. 
PJ Tucker, 15 and seven and a team best plus 24. And then off the bench. Okay. They did get production from hero. He had 14, but didn't shoot. Well, he was five of 17 from the floor. Dwayne Dedman in 17 minutes, 14 points, nine rebounds, six of them offensive tonight. Let's start here with you, Alex. Um, we have talked about matchups in the Eastern Conference, and I think we all have agreed that as talented as Brooklyn is, and now they're two and three on the season, that this is a matchup that Miami can take advantage of because of their toughness. I think we saw it tonight. We saw how thin Brooklyn is up front in terms of having a bunch of old bigs who can't get up and down the floor. Kyle Lowry took advantage of that with hit-ahead passes, which we talked about on before floor tonight. And I don't think this is just a Kyrie thing, Alex. Like, obviously, he makes Brooklyn better. I just think there are some areas where Miami can push Brooklyn around. I mean, you talked about it, but, yeah, this team just is not one that gets pushed around like they did oftentimes last season and then like like they did famously or at the end of last season against the Bucs when you talk about the size advantage that Giannis and Brooke Lopez had over the Heat. And, you know, it was just kind of a ginormous – not only besides the talent disparity, just the, the disparity of physicality. And I don't think that's just a, a thing that's going to be a problem for them anymore this season. I think tonight was kind of, along with what they did against the Bucks in game one, it just kind of showed you all the different ways that they're not last season's Heat team. And I know we're going to get into it tonight because we're going to get into a lot of different things that we'd like and what we saw tonight. I just think like all of it is coming together pretty quickly because I think a lot of times when you're incorporating a new star, you know, a lot of guys are going out. A lot of guys are coming in. Some of this stuff takes a little bit longer to progress and develop. And I feel like a lot of this stuff for the Heat that you wanted to see is happening right away. So, I mean, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from tonight before we get even into the specifics. Yeah, Brady, let's go general here. And then, like Alex said, we're going to dive into the defense, the rebounding, and sort of how they produce points tonight while not shooting particularly well. But just your overall take from this matchup. I mean, I... Try, try to sort of envision it, I guess, with Kyrie in there. How much of a difference would that make? Yeah, I just think generally this team, like I said, we talked about it pregame a little bit, but this team is a defensive team. Like we know that already. We know what they're capable of. We know they can go through these stretches of having offense clicking, but you also saw the times in this game where things didn't click. But I think generally you see a team that can really match up with this team, even with a Kyrie Irving Um you have a guy in Bam Adebayo who can be used on that weak side where you saw um, Jimmy being able to be used as well, where P.J. Tucker can guard Kevin Durant. You can have these type of guys that can work the switches, that can work um, blitzing certain guys, making certain guys on the roster shoot. Like They can pretty much choose who they wanted on Brooklyn to shoot on any given possession, and you saw that, uh, and it worked in certain stretches, and you can kind of live with it. Um, so generally, I just think this is a great matchup in general now with the new additions. And it's kind of an, in many ways, you're kind of looking at this off season without going too specific, but the, the off season that just passed where you're looking at this game where you're saying they added Kyle Lowry and a pure point guard who shined uh, you added, you know, we're going to touch on the rebounding, but you added rebounding, which has been an issue in recent years where all the holes that you once had on a roster have kind of slowly been filled where you just feel better generally about a matchup like this in a playoff series. Yeah, and they, they've added to the rebounding um, without having to put Bam at the four, which uh, is something that was discussed a lot in the offseason. Let, let's let's start with the defense, and then, though, we'll touch on the rebounding because, Alex, you, you hit on this. Um, it looks like they've been playing together forever. And, and I know we talk about continuity, you know, from an and cohesion in an offensive sense, 
but it's critical in a defensive sense because guys have to know, uh, you know, basically how to switch, uh, how to protect each other, how to close out, um, you know, particularly as, as offensive sets get to kind of second situations and that kind of stuff. I mean, they're on a string. <laughs> it's, it's really remarkable. I, I remember, you know, and again, I keep going back to the late nineties Riley teams, but Pat used to like pull us aside uh, and he would give us what we thought were fake stats. Okay. Cause he was, be, he'd be trying to justify we was playing one guy over another. So he'd say, well, this guy is 87% in lock and trail situations. And we'd be, and this is before people really, you know, <laughs> media really started breaking down film and all this. So Pat could have said anything. Like we had no idea what he was saying to justify. And, and I'd still believe he made most of the stats up, even though he would show us the card. Um, but like this, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I mean, literally like, the individual defense first, I mean, PJ on, on Kevin Durant, that is as well as you can possibly play him. I don't care that he's, he shot 50% from the field. Anybody else played like that shoots 25% for the field. PJ was locked in with him as was bam, but Jimmy as sort of the center fielder cleaning things up. Uh, Kyle does not get pushed out of a play. Okay. I, I just think that is so critical. Like he doesn't, when you screen and roll against Kyle, like he stays in the play. We have not seen that. And again, I don't want to disparage none or Dragic or whatever, but I mean, we have not seen that. Um, it's just different, but, but to me, the individually, we, you know, PJ Tucker's a good defender. You know, Kyle Lowry has been a good defender. We know obviously Jimmy, ben, but it's the way they've come together defensively that Alice, I was not expecting it this soon. I mean, they're the best defense in the league. Yeah, I think it is coming together. Like I said, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more uh, optimistic just about the heat in general because of the offense stuff coming together, because I think that's where most of the concerns were. But the defense coming together so quick is not something to take for granted either, because that's something that does, you know, like all the cliches say, that's what that's what wins you championships and all this stuff coming together so quickly is such a good sign. Like it's poetry in motion watching them defend. And when we saw it tonight, there was there were. On top of their game on defense, there was no openings for the Nets to come through and take advantage of, at least, you know what I'm saying, relative to any average NBA team. This team was just locking down on every, you know, making multiple efforts like Spo likes to talk about. And every time you know, there's a switch or whatever, everybody was on top of their game. And you could tell they're completely focused on tonight. You know, I, I just think you have to have, like, you have to be completely honed in uh, against a team like the Nets, you have to have such a small margin for error. And I think they were more than aware of that, the way that they were defending tonight. They just made it really hard on, on the Nets, whether you talk about Harden not really getting going until that one stretch where he went crazy and just kind of making it harder on him to really – and besides the fact that he wasn't getting all those calls uh, to, to Ethan's chagrin. But, look, Durant is going to shoot 50% more often than not. Like you said, Tucker makes it hard on him, and it keeps Bam as a help guy. And – keeping Jimmy there in the center field, like having Lowry at the point of attack. I can't stop gushing over this team defense is because it's, it's like, there's no holes anymore. It's, right. it's really hard to go at. And we're just going to keep seeing guys try to go at Duncan and maybe go one-on-one -on -one and then whoops, the ball gets stripped because the help right. defense is coming from an elite defender. So it's just really a pleasure to watch them on defense right now. Yeah. Alex is a great point. Uh, they can protect Duncan in so many ways because of that. Uh, and, and, and you on saw either side of the, of the, of the court. Right. And, and we saw tonight, too, there was one situation where Durant has the ball. Uh, he, he's got the ball out by the three point line and he's just holding it, holding it, holding it because Tucker's stance. He's not giving him anything. And then finally, KD makes a lazy pass uh, towards the center of the court, which Jimmy picks off. 
And we've just seen that over and over. I, we, we have not seen, you know, and again, people are going to point back to a couple of years ago when I pulled this today, who's a better fit next to Bam, PJ Tucker or Jay Crowder. And I think that's a discussion that's going to get more interesting as the season goes on. I didn't answer. It, it, it's tough. It's a tough one. But, but I will say that as far as, uh, you know, again, the big difference here is if Tucker just replicates Jay, and I think he's a better defender than Jay, but if he just replicates Jay, you're mentioning it. The difference is Lowry over any other guard that they had before. It, it just it it flips the equation for them because they always are going to have more good defenders than bad defenders on the floor. Brady, give me give me. You got to choose one, okay? Because again, we're talking about this in a group sense tonight, and the way that they all protected each other. Who impressed you most defensively tonight? I would probably have to go with PJ, even though you touched on the most. It just seems like that's the guy that he kind of represents this team defensively in a way that this isn't a defensive team. That's kind of the swarming version. This is just a positionally sound defensive team where you're going to have a team. That's uh, your one weak spot is Duncan Robinson, but even he's in the right spots. A lot of the time where you have guys, you mentioned PJ Tucker, he's in Kevin Durant's grill where he's not giving him any bit of space. You have Jimmy who's able to read, make those gambles and hit those passing lanes because he knows where to be on every play. Uh, you look down the stretch of the game where he had the the left-handed block on on Harden when he, he went down the lane. That stuff, it just screams a positionally sound defensive team. And I feel like that's the stuff that translates to playoff wins. Like when you're looking at a team that can really hone in on one end of the floor late in the game in a playoff game, that's the type of team that can do it. So I think PJ is the guy that kind of stands out. Um, Deadman, I think we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we move forward with the rebounding, but I think he had good moments as well where he's positionally in the right spot. I think in that one game in Indiana, he it had something to do with the ankle because yeah. that was just not a great game for him. He was not mobile one bit. He was jumping. He wasn't in the right spots, and it felt like before the game is a game-time decision. It probably had something to do with there. Now he's looking a lot more active for what we've seen from him recently. He's in the right spots. He's making you know those type of decisions to even hit the floor at his size. It just seems like as a team, they kind of all represent that same way. And as he's meant, as Alex was mentioning, they are able to kind of react to when they try to take a Duncan Robinson or a Tyler, you're off the dribble because you make one wrong move and you have Jimmy Butler, bam, out of bio in your face. Yeah. And Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy's line tonight was tremendous. Uh, the defense ties in with the rebounding. So we're going to talk about the rebounding next before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. Do you work for a business that goes to trade shows? Trade shows all over the country are starting to pick up again. And so you've got to reach out to everythingtradeshows.com. If you don't run the business, mention it to your boss because uh, you get special points for this. Because I'm telling you, they do a great job. Okay, we, we post some of the uh, some of the booths on our, our Instagram page. They're really elaborate. They're really cool. They're designed to the way that you with your business want them to look. And here's the thing. They'll do a free booth rendering for you if you mention five reasons. Okay, so not only the free consultation, but they'll do the rendering. They're going to show you exactly how this thing is going to look. Just mention five reasons. When you call 954-791-8882, that's 954-791-8882. The website is everythingtradeshows.com. It's a one-stop shop, the logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to help you get noticed. And again, I will point you to our Instagram page. We're going to put more of these up tomorrow. They're also a sponsor of Floors Yours, so we'll present some of them there. They're based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. It's 954-791-8882, 954-791-8882, everythingtradeshows.com. Well, let's get to the rebounding and the numbers 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. are kind of staggering, not just, uh, you know, sort of in raw form here, 62 rebounds to 42 and the big difference in offensive rebounds, 17 to four uh, tonight, offensive rebounds. I mean, these look like defensive rebounding numbers. Deadman with six, Tucker with four, Butler with four. He led the team with 14 rebounds overall. Bam had one hero had a couple. That's where they all came from. 17 offensive rebounds and the thing about this Alex is we're accustomed to this going the other way okay like in recent years how many games have the heat lost because they couldn't get a rebound and what's fascinating to me about this is that they're doing this even though they really didn't cater to the whole Riley philosophy this offseason of playing two bigs together Spo is still playing Basically, P.J. Tucker is, I mean, he's, he's a, you know, he's a 3-4, right? I mean, he couldn't guard a lot of threes at this point, you know, in terms of quickness. But that's what he is. And, and you know, they're, they're bringing Morris off the bench, who's a, who's a solid four in terms of size. But it's not like they're playing Deadman and Bam together, which is something that we talked about in the offseason. And they're still getting the rebounding. And a lot of it is because of Jimmy, is because of Tyler. Um, and that, as we were talking about him before floor tonight, Brady, you know, Brady was on there. That reminds me of the big three era where LeBron and Dwayne were cleaning up a lot of the rebounds. Uh, but again, they did it on the offensive glass tonight. What, what, I mean, is this sustainable, Alex? I think it is. Like I said, I think it has a lot to tie into what I was talking about earlier in the show. The team is just a lot bulkier. And although, like you said, they're not playing too big together, I, I firmly believe that PJ's a big, even though he can credibly guard smaller guy or not smaller because he's six six but guys who are smaller in position because i do think he can play four or five and you and you feel good about it that's the main difference between him and crowder on defense that he you definitely feel better about sucker guarding up than you do crowder even though crowder did a fine job of Giannis, et cetera et cetera the thing to me it's just like guys are boxing out like you said they have guys who are uh above average at their position when it comes to rebounding whether you talk about jimmy lowry Tyler Hero, like, and then you talk about the front court, PJ, he, man, that acreage comes through. That acreage comes through when you're boxing out, right? It's very important. And so I think it's something that, you know, it's hard to understate because then when they come off the floor, you're playing Deadman and you're playing Markeith Morris, uh, two other guys who are physical, and Deadman is just a beast on there with the offensive rebounds. The Nets are a smaller team, and especially when they're playing Millsap or Blake Griffin at the five, it becomes a lot easier to get some of those rebounds even though those guys are fine. I just think that, like, we talked about it. Like, this is part of the reason that Nets matchup is kind of interesting for the Heat, especially when you take out their third star with Kyrie because it's one less guy you got to worry about. It just becomes, like, the Heat have a lot of ways that they can eat versus the Nets, and I think that's something that they have built-in advantages with, with just their roster, their personnel versus the Bucks, for example, right? And I think that's why it's kind of interesting to talk about. And it really played out tonight. They They – you out-rebounded them by 20. You got to the line uh, a lot more than they did. They're kind of, you know, that three-level scoring for the team, they, they they improved on the first two levels big time, right? When it comes to getting to the paint uh, consistently, getting to the free throw line, hitting in the mid-range. I just think this is kind of 
it's improved on all these things that we wanted to see improved on. It's demoralizing when the other team is getting offensive rebounds. Like it, it is probably the most demoralizing thing in basketball. Cause you, you, you finish a possession, but you don't finish a possession. Right. And again, we've seen the heat on the other side of this, but they did such a good job both ways. I mean, it's not just that they got 17 offensive rebounds. They only gave four and Brady, I don't really see a way that the nets would fix this in a playoff series against the heat. They, they don't have the personnel for it. Uh, Millsap, Aldridge and Blake at this stage of their careers, you're talking about three guys who were either number one or number two options on their teams for a long time. They were not expected to do the dirty work. I mean, they got the rebounds. They don't have dirty work players on this team. Like even DeAndre Jordan was one of them last year. They don't even have him anymore. Claxton is the only one and he didn't play tonight. So maybe that had a little bit of an effect, but it's like, I don't see them getting that guy. Like I, and that's why, again, the, Milwaukee has those type of players. PJ was one of those type of players last year. This team doesn't, I mean, it's a glamor team. I I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't really take the nets all that seriously against the heat for this reason more than any other. Glamor team. They're a glamor team. Yeah. I think that, I just think the point of offensive rebounds is like you're gaining extra possessions. And when you look at, we're finding a fine line of, they shot very poorly tonight, the Heat did. And you're looking at them defensively. We talked about the things you saw. They're getting extra possessions from the defensive end. They're getting extra possessions from offensive rebounding. Combining that with not shooting well and still won this game by a decent margin, that's kind of the thing that speaks volume to me. I just feel like we touched on the thing where you're not acquiring length, but you have, you're getting more guys that are more broad in a way. But it seems like these guys are just ball magnets in a lot of way like you're seeing Deadman just get the ball fall right in his right in his lap on a lot of possessions he's able to put it back up pj's you know just finding it any way possible diving on the floor and resetting offense um jimmy's basically just putting it back up on his offensive rebounds he's if he misses he's going right back up so you're seeing in so many different ways and when you look at you know we touched on Deadman, but when you're looking at Deadman and tyler hero's numbers being so similar you can look at it in different ways where you're saying Deadman's obviously getting these opportunities to score in the same way, 14 points, 14 points for each of them. Mm-hmm. But Tyler's over here with the same amount of rebounds total eight or nine, pretty close to being similar with Deadman where you're seeing guys that are guards like Kyle Lowry, who obviously isn't really abiding by the scheme of totally of getting but Brady, back. Is it, is it, isn't a lot of that simply because the bigs are doing a good job boxing out. It, it, it's allowing yeah. some of these other guys to get in for rebounds. It's, it's, it's kind of the reverse of what I talked about was going to happen with Bam this year, that just the fact that PJ boxes out so well that Bam was going to be able to collect rebounds. Last year, there were just too many guys that were slipping in there. I mean, again, they had, tre- again, they had Trevor Ariza playing the four. Like, I mean, you're, you're not going <laughs> to be able to box guys off the boards with that kind of situation. I'm glad you mentioned the offense, though, because we're going to get to that uh, here right after the break because I, I, they do have to find other ways to score when they don't shoot well because I, I do think, and we talked about this, there are going to be games that they don't shoot well. I, they, they, I, you know, they, some of their guys are struggling right now, and we'll touch on that here a little bit in the next segment. Before we do, though, we got to tell you to go to manscaped.com. That's where you use the code 5RSN, 5RSN, and they've got like a full slate of products there. It's not just the razors, although, of course, that's what they're known for. They've also got the cologne. They've got all kinds of stuff. So go to manscaped.com. You want to use that code 5RSN. Why? Because you get 20% off, 20% off 
and free shipping. It's well worth it. You can also get on a subscriber list there. So they will send you a new product whenever it is you feel you need them. Real easy to charge, really easy to carry around. And yes, you can get the razors wet. There's no issue with that. So go to manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN, 5RSN. I had a family friend today who said that they love how I say this. So I will say it again. Your balls and your body will thank you. Let's get to the offense. Uh, you talked about extra possessions tonight, Brady. And, and here, this speaks to it a little bit. The Heat took 96 shots and had 26 free throw attempts. The Nets took 85 shots with 14 free throw attempts. So you're talking about 11 additional field goals and 12 additional free throws. I mean, when that happens, it's not surprising that you win a game by 13, even when you shoot 28% from three. And by the way, that came up because they were two of 16 for the second straight game. And then they made six of their last 13 because Struess made one late. Uh, Duncan made one late, but overall, none of them shot it well from three. Lowry was one of five. The one was on a pull-up uh, in transition, which is kind of his shot. Uh, Lowry, uh, Duncan was two of seven. There's been a lot of those lately. Well, he was a plus 13 on the game. Uh, Hero was one of six. Struess was one of five. Markeith was zero of one. P.J. Tucker was the standout from three, his usual corner uh, three specialty at three for five. But again, they shot over under 40% overall. They shot under 28% from three. They were good from the line, 85%. Uh, and they still win the game by 13. And they put up, you know, 106, which is not great in the modern age, but it's healthy enough. But let's get into the specifics of it, Alex. When they were on offense, what did you like tonight? Because I do feel like they... They put themselves in position for some easy baskets. They just didn't make them. I mean, Jimmy missed about six bunnies. Um, what did you like offensively? I still think it's a lot of the same stuff that we've talked about ever since Lowry has started playing with the Heat, right? And I alluded to it before when I talked about them improving on two specific levels compared to the last couple of seasons, just like the, the frequency that they that they do it at, right? When you're talking about getting to the rim and playing in the mid-range, like obviously we've noticed it with Tyler uh, really liking uh, to get, you know, some shots up in that area. We've noticed it with Bam, liking to get up shots in that area as a face-up guy. We've noticed it with Jimmy occasionally taking the shot when he's open. But more than that, uh, it's how much they're getting to the rim. And I, I was begging for this for so much when it came to uh, – I'm sorry, when it comes to Bam last season because I wanted to see him getting to the rim a little bit more, knowing that he, he likes to shoot it a little bit and wanting to see the shot more, but – more than that, wanting to see him getting to the rim because it's just the, the physical advantages he has as somebody who's faster than most bigs. And they're doing it in different ways. They're not they're not telling him, okay, here, we're going to set you up to get to the rim. They're just getting him to the rim by him being a, a screen and roll guy again. They're doing it by other guys screening. And they're just running a lot of different stuff in the playbook that they have it in the past couple of seasons. They have way more options. And they're consistently getting to the rim, right? So the, the Nets – Defense is one where it's going to look better than some of the nights, right? But I'm just really – I feel great about the way that they're consistently getting good looks, going to the rim, right, in the mid-range. They're not forcing a lot of shots, right? And the the one thing that really just hasn't fallen consistently is a three. And I'm that, that tends to happen with three-point shooting, right? There's a lot of variance. It's just something that uh, I'm still feeling like it's going to come back. But – to me, I feel I'm just really happy that they're getting to the line so consistently. They're getting to the, the rim so consistently and they're making things happen from there. They're not relying on one or two things like they did last season. They just have a lot that they can go to now. Yeah, I mean, and Brady, uh, the passing, uh, 
is pretty solid. I, I think for most of these guys and, and we we've seen whether it's the Jimmy drop passes again, the Lowry hit aheads, the Lowry uh, lobs, which are basically good for two or three uh, per game. And, and also his ability to make the pass in traffic, which is also something that I think Goran sometimes struggled with uh, is something that Lowry's particularly good at. Uh, but, but offensively, you know, just overall, again, uh, <laughs> People would look at me like, how'd you hold the Nets to 93? Like, you're not going to do that in a playoff series. But I do feel like they can hold them, even that team, even with Durant and, and uh, you know, flopping around Harden. They can hold that team, you know, probably to 100, 102. If you can get 106, you're probably going to win a lot of those games. I mean, to me, that's kind of magic number. Get to 105 to 110 most games. Heat are going to win. Yeah, I think you see them being able to play so many different styles as well, which is something we haven't seen with this matchup. Like, it's been pretty by the book. Uh, we've talked about the the handoffs consistently or the different things. We saw tonight right out the gate talking about the passing, the hit-ahead pass, as you mentioned. Like, that was not just a Kyle Lowry staple. That was like a heat offense staple that even Jimmy Butler, who kind of likes to slow things down in the past, he's either down the court catching it or he's throwing it down. Like, he's fully embraced that type of play style. Uh but you also see them able to slow it down in a way when Brooklyn starts to get back and they started kind of reacting to it, they were able to slow it down and they were still able to create offense, create good looks. Um, and with the offense, Alex touched on a lot of the stuff, you know, that they kind of created. But I think that one thing, I think people are going to look at Duncan with another night where he doesn't really pop, but I think he actually, the third quarter him just getting up shots where he kind of went through that stretch where he didn't care if he was making or missing them. He put up a lot of shots in that third quarter. And I think that was a big reason for what Miami was able to do because as much as people may see the misses the defense doesn't care if he's missed like they're still flying at him they have two guys flying at him no matter what uh and you saw the one stretch with Kyle where he was able to hit the transition three he came down got a layup in transition then the next play Duncan finally got one to fall where he's creating those that gravity that we constantly talk about <laughs> even if he's not making the shot so it's like I'm not worried about Duncan Robinson making threes. Like it's pretty, it's just that simple. Like I'm not worried about that coming along. And when you have two of your role players and in, in PJ Tucker and Dwayne Dedman combining for 29 points, mm -hmm. this game was basically won by their role players. And I think that was pretty clear, but when they're scoring in that way, you don't really need, you know, obviously you win by a lot more if Duncan's making those shots, but when they're covering for Duncan in that way, it just seems like that's where the options comes into play, where they have so many different ways and different guys they can go to. Well, and I thought it was interesting. Again, Duncan was on the floor at the end, not Tyler. Um, so obviously Spolstra saw that in this game, that what Duncan was giving them, again, from that gravity, was more important than what Tyler was giving them for this particular circumstance because Tyler was off with the shot also. And again, Duncan still does give you a little bit more gravity, even though Tyler gives you a little bit more scoring punch overall. So I, I do think this is going to be a night-to-night -night thing. And tonight it was, okay, even if Duncan's not making the shots, uh, get him out there. But the other thing you mentioned, and we touched on this the other night, Alex, at the game, they got to get bench scoring from two guys every night. Okay. And Tyler wasn't that efficient, but he did give him 14. And then they got it from Deadman. The night before it was from uh, Hero and uh, who gave him a little bit. And then Morris was the other guy who stepped up. Still waiting on the Struess game. He still seems a little hesitant to me, uh, although he did square up on the one three he made and he looked, he looked good. I do think there's going to be a game from him here going forward. But until Oladipo was back, they need two every night, and they got the two in the past two games, and they won. Impressive performance from the Heat tonight. Again, follow Alex at Tropical Blanket. Follow Brady at Brady Hawk 305. Follow our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use that code 5RSN. Everything trade shows mention five reasons. At prizepicks.com, 
F-I-V-E is the code. Have a good night. The Heat are three and one. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.